Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Around the 412. We are part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Tyler, and with me as always is Smitty. What's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm um, doing better than the Penguins have been these last couple games against Toronto and Carolina. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I also have a question for you. Yeah. When's the last time that we did a giveaway? It's been a while. Um. Yeah, it's probably been a while. I it, it's got to be at least it might even be last summer. I don't mm. I don't know. I can't really think I of any. Can't have it. Uh, Sid just scored five hundred. So I'm thinking we should give away a Sidney Crosby jersey. Oh, okay, okay. That's a good one to give away. Um, so if you want to win this. What you're going to have to do, and this could be confusing if you are somebody that watches the live premieres at 2 p.m. every Monday, but Mm -hmm. what you're going to have to do is put in the comments 87, but not in the live chat, the actual comments of the video, put in number 87 on the YouTube video of this show, not the live chat again, because that I I think that you can go back and watch the live chat replay, but I'm not going to go back and watch the entire episode through and look at who how you know how many people right. put 87 so put them in the actual comments of the video the number 87 if you're somebody that normally listens to the show that's fine but for this you're gonna have to go to the youtube page and put in the comments the number 87 will pick somebody to win this jersey so uh awesome st- staying on the topic of hockey for this first segment our just one question from twitter to steal from DK right there, the just one question. Uh, <laughs> <copyright>. <laughs> uh, Kevin wants to know, is it time to trade Kapanen? You know, uh, how many times have we talked about just very Kapanen in the last <laughs> month? That's what I said like, to you before we even start is like, we're going to answer this question, but we've just been hammering Kapanen so much the past, I mean, month, month and a half. Yep. And so the answer is like, yeah, but what are you really going to get for him? And I think is the real question because what can you get for him? His value has to be at an all time low, mm-hmm. I would imagine. And yeah. I don't know if it's just worth it for the Penguins management to just trade him for a seventh round pick or a, even funnier conditional <laughs> seventh round pick. Yeah, um, I know you're being facetious, but <clears throat> yeah, like truthfully, I think it's like two sided because there's going to be a team out there that I think will take that chance because of the pedigree, but he mm-hmm. is also a rest- now he's a restricted free agent as opposed to an unrestricted. So maybe a team will look at that 
differently too and say that they still do have more control of him but yeah i yeah i i'm looking at it more like they're more likely to make an even swap with a team that has another player like kind of of that same maybe pedigree but is also underperforming and a name doesn't necessarily come to mind right away but i I really the only way that i see him being traded is if you're getting back another guy in a similar situation who even though he's not producing you feel like does have like you know top six upside Uh, just because i don't see them trading him away without getting an nhl player back like we do Mm -hmm. have enough bodies where that could be the case like we don't redeem zahorna sitting right now who in my opinion shouldn't be you're going to have bluger and jason zucker coming back and really have a log jam possibly another guy Uh, that should be traded yeah um but you know he had that core surgery so i I really don't know you know what that full time he's not skating or anything yet but like bluger is and will be coming back in in the i don't want to say near future relatively soon probably before the trade deadline even happens and i actually want to talk about him a little bit later but yeah to me it's it's definitely been time to trade kisperi kapanen uh hindsight's 2020 but i'm a little upset that they didn't you know capitalize on the value sooner just because the underlying numbers were never really there he was just shooting at such a high percentage and that's you know why the numbers look so good on the surface and again hindsight's 2020 but protecting him over Jared McCann could be kind of thrown into that same situation as like Jeff Carter and Teddy Bluter, which we talked about, like we would have loved to protect Jared McCann over those guys. I think now we're talking about there's at least three guys that they protected over Jared McCann that we would have liked them to not. Yeah. If you went back and listened to our previous shows, whenever, or if you had listened to them, when we were talking about the protection list for last off season, both of us, I think had Kapanen on our our personal oh, list out. Yeah, like well, there was no way. And Kapanen is basically just the final nail in the coffin that was Jim Rutherford's tenure as the Penguins <laughs> GM, and it could not be ending up in a worse way. The giving up that first round pick, and then I mean I know like Philip Hollander, he's back with the Penguins organization. Everard Rodriguez wasn't even a Toronto Maple Leaf ever. He ended up back in Pittsburgh like a few weeks later, I think. But the fact that we gave up that haul for Kasperi Kapanen and him, for him to perform the way he did. And now I, I had a lot of like hope for Kapanen when he Same. came here. Yeah. I thought maybe he could turn it around here. Maybe in this top six, it would, it would be a good opportunity for him to flourish. And it just hasn't been that case. Like we saw it for a few weeks with Malkin last season. But as you said, the underlying numbers could be the reason that was the case. His shooting percentage was just so high. So, Maybe a hockey trade does make sense. Like a, a by hockey trade, I think hockey fans know what I mean. Like the player for a player, it's just it's just uh like yeah, no two hundred performing guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I don't know who the like you said, I don't know a name or who that could be, but I I just don't think that he really has a place on this team. Especially like whenever whenever everybody comes back, I cannot justify playing him the way that he has been for the past month or two. Hey, maybe and, uh. Maybe Rutherford wants him again. We can get Brock Besser from Vancouver. Hey, I, I would love that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that Brock Besser is as exactly the hockey trade I would think of whenever it comes no. to trading Kasperi Kapanen. But, I mean, even going beyond a trade, if he's with the Penguins this whole offseason, we've talked about before on the show as well, that we can't really justify giving him a qualifying offer either. Like, wh- what's the qualifying offer going to be as an RFA to him like I don't think it's going to be what he would want but it's he what he wants is probably not what he deserves based off of his like stats and what he's done in the game I I just don't really know a way that he's going to be on this team 
to start next season, whether it's he's traded or I just don't think that he's going to work out as an RFA and he'll become a free agent. I, I don't think Kasperi Kapanen is worth it. Yeah, so looking at him right now, uh, nine goals, 15 assists, um, which, you know, his nine goals, uh, Jake Dents was 25. Brian Rust has 18 after today. Crosby is 14. Rodriguez is 16. Jeff Carter is 13. Danton Heinen is 11. McGinn, Brock McGinn has 10. And Kasperi Kapanen has nine. That's why I said a couple weeks ago or last <laughs> week, whatever I said, I don't think we brought in Brock McGinn to be this offensive star for the Penguins, but he's outperforming someone who we, we thought would have more offense, who you thought would lead the team in goals. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. to keep rubbing thought, your face in the dirt a little bit on that every week, I, but it, I mean, I deserve it. I thought that's, he'd have that's the expectation plus. that we had for Kasperi Kapanen, and yep. he's just way underperforming from that. Yeah. Um, we could spend all day talking about this probably, but we won't. We'll just leave it at, yes, it has been time to trade Kasperi Kapanen. Neither of us think he's going to be on the team next year, but will he actually be moved? That's going to come down to if they feel like it's worth it, or will they just hope that he bounces back in the rest of the second half of the season, provides some type of value for you, almost as like your own rental, if you will. Uh, but we'll leave it at that. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Steelers made a pretty interesting wait for this external hire to the coaching Ooh. staff. So we'll talk about that when we come back. This is around the floor and two on the DK Pittsburgh sports podcast network. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, and welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. That is Tyler. I am Smitty. Remember again, number 87 in the comments to try to win a Sidney Crosby alternate jersey, the yellow. Uh, Don't know if we'll ever see those, by the way. I said yellow, I mean gold. Forget yellow. It's not black and yellow, Wiz. It's black and gold. Uh, Will we ever see these jerseys again real quick? What's your answer on that? Probably not. I, I think that they've moved on from it. I... It had its run, and after the performance that they had in the playoffs wearing those jerseys, I don't think they ever want to that, wear them again. Dude, it's crazy how much the fan base cared about that decision, how, how much jerseys impacted things for them. Like it, it, it made sense from a marketing standpoint to wear the gold jerseys because their whole thing for the past, I mean, since the, that first cup run in 2016 was 
uh the gold rush was instead of like a whiteout they they yeah. everybody had the the gold jerseys on or jer- shirts on so it made sense from that standpoint but boy did it not look good whenever they played christian jari so, christian jari was not a fan of it maybe that was his way of boycotting the decision true but yeah i think they, they moved on they've got the reverse retro and they, well actually i don't even this isn't even a reverse retro their their black one isn't even it's just, the black diagonal pittsburgh is just an alternate right it's not the yeah. reverse, reverse retro so they technically i guess still have the white reverse retro but they're probably not gonna, never going to wear that again nah, and we'll see I the think black just ones move on from yeah. other alternates from there but yeah i i told you like I, I know that we should be talking about brian flores right now but i think that the thing is like what reason do they have to not continue to put out a new jersey each year because they know people will buy them it's just it's a sales thing so mm-hmm. Put out a jersey every single year, they'll fly off the shelves. Uh, switching gears here a little bit, though, um, <laughs> let's talk about Brian Flores, the newest addition to the Steelers coaching staff. This is a major hire, a guy that is way overqualified for the position that he's going to have on the Steelers <laughs> staff as yeah. a def- yeah, uh, as a defensive assistant and linebackers coach on this team. Now, I mean, hey, senior where do we- defensive assistant, senior defensive okay. assistant, senior defensive assistant. He's yeah, the. He might as well say the defensive You're assistant that guy, because he is going to be that guy. Uh, but what I mean, where do we even start with this? Because to me, the first thing that like I think about is how much say, you know, how uh, how much of his hand is going to be put into the pile here in terms of coming up with a game plan. Um, you know, he, he's very blitz heavy. He's one of the best at dialing up blitzes. Um, to me, he's a he's a top ten defensive mind in football, and now you're adding him to a defensive staff with Mike Tomlin, which that's his strength. Uh, Dunbar in the defensive line, who's one of the best defensive line coaches, and Terrell Austin, who was great with the secondary. So you kind of have it now at, at every level of the defense. You feel like you have kind of like a mastermind. Yeah, and I think that based off of like what you said, where he's very blitz heavy, I think we could go back to what would be more quote unquote traditional Steelers defense. Um, where we see a lot of those blitz packages, but I, I just, I honestly thought this was fake to be honest. I was, <laughs> I, know, I was like, work. is this sports talk, Barry? So, so I was at work <laughs> whenever the graphic came out that of him and like the, the Pittsburgh and I just saw it like on Facebook, but I didn't see it was from like the Pittsburgh Steelers official Facebook page. And I just thought yeah. it was like a fan edit that mm-hmm. they, they, they were hiring him. And then I realized that it was a fan edit. And I'm like, how in the world did you hire Brian Flores as just your linebackers coach and senior defensive assistant. Yeah. But how in the world does that happen? I, I, and this is a guy that I thought like maybe they bring him in for the defensive coordinator job. If he doesn't get a head coaching job, I, I, I thought that that would be a possibility, but not actually a, a reality. And the fact that he's, he's in this position, I mean, it's great for the Steelers. They've got great coaches on the defense. I love the meme that you put out with the SpongeBob <laughs> with, SpongeBob's ham is the defensive coaches and Squidward's yeah. hands. Everybody being silent is the offensive coaches. But I mean, I think this is going to have a huge impact. And I'm hoping the first thing it has a huge impact on is Devin Bush. And hopefully mm-hmm. he gets back to that rookie Devin Bush. And finally, we can put to rest that, oh, he just doesn't have it anymore. And like, hopefully he can be the player that we thought he was going to be. Because, I mean, we, we spent a lot to get Devin Bush. We've traded up for him, and we he hasn't like lived up to the expectations. There was a lot of complaints this season from you and I, too, um, yep. about his play. I'm just hoping that he can make him that downhill linebacker with the confidence again. And I, that's that's objective number one for me with Brian Flores coming in. 
Yeah, same. I mean, it was the first thing that I thought of. The second thing that I thought of is, you know, I hope that uh, and, and I don't think that there's anything to be worried about here, but I know that there, it's been highly talked about as any qualms that there might be for Bl- Brian Flores and Minka Fitzpatrick to be in the same organization again um, due to how things went in Miami. But I, I don't think that there's going to be um, whether that's just wishful thinking on my part. I just think it's a non-story. You know, people are going to try to create a headline in the offseason until those guys are in the same building working every day. But I don't see anything there. Um, you know, if Flores was the defensive coordinator, you know, and really was going to be the one calling the shots, or if you're, we, Tom was the one calling the shots, but, uh, you know, putting together the game plan defensively, maybe you could have more of an argument there, but I just, I don't see it with him having the role that he does on this team. Um, but yeah, like to your point, as far as like, how did we get to this spot now where we're talking about, we felt like a top half of the league coach. Um, got fired in Miami and, and now is demoted to this position. I think that there's just no other organization that due to the lawsuit that he has against the NFL and three other teams due to their hiring processes, we're really willing to to touch him. But if there's going to be one team to do it, the Roonies, who are the reason that the Rooney role is in place, along with Mike Tomlin, one of the three minority head coaches in the NFL, that seems to be <laughs> the, the spot to do it. Um, and, and it's a win-win move, in my opinion, because think about this now. This was brought up as well. I don't want to make it seem like, oh, look at me just thinking about this. If he were to end up getting another head coaching gig somewhere due to roles that were put in place by the NFL, the Steelers would then be compensated with a third-round pick as well. Yeah. So it's either Brian Flores is going to be in the organization now, or he's only here for one year, gets another head coaching job, and the Steelers get compensated for for hiring him for a year, basically. So... I, I don't see a way that this really goes south, you know, unless, like I said, the very slim, slim chance that for whatever reason, him and Minka Fitzpatrick do have this really deep rooted beef that they can't get over. And I mean, this is just completely hypothetical, but maybe even say Terrell Austin doesn't work out as defensive coordinator. Maybe that's oh, it's, in- that's going to happen even <laughs> if Terrell Austin is working out, I think, because I think that we're going to get to a point where people just think that like Brian Flores is more qualified to be a defensive coordinator over Austin anyway. And they're going to want him to be the defensive coordinator. I, I think by week one, that's already going to be like a huge talking point. Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe that's an inside hire that mm-hmm. I, you'd be fine with. He's it's just like an outside inside hire. It's yeah. just so weird that he we went from. Him being fired, like uh, making no sense, by the way, winning two out of his three seasons or having winning seasons, two out of his three seasons. Meanwhile, the Dolphins prior to that for the past like 15 years had two winning seasons in that whole span. Mm -hmm. And now he's the linebackers coach on the Steelers. Uh, The worst thing, the worst mistake that he made in Miami. And I don't know how much of a hand he has in the draft process was taking Tua over Justin Herbert. Who knows how things go for him in Miami if he if he doesn't make that call. But again, you know, is that is that more him? Is that more the GM was the owner, which is, you know, the current owner of the Dolphins, which might not be the owner much longer if the stuff that Brian Flores is saying is true. Stephen Ross. But um, I, I don't know. Yeah. Chris Greer and, and Flores and, and Stephen Ross. There was obviously some disconnect there. What that yeah. was, I don't know. But um. I don't. I, well, all I can say is I'm very happy to have him on the staff, and and like you pointed out to me, first things first, let's see what he can do with Devin Bush. Yeah, and also, Brian, this is speaking from someone who has no idea, but we're not going to pay you to lose games. We're not going to pay you to make <laughs> the linebackers worse. So, oh yeah, can we get worse at linebacker? I don't know. 
Uh, honestly, probably no. After last season, probably not. Um, yeah. Also, bad as actually, talking about linebackers, I just wanted to ask you, do you think they should bring back Joe Schobert or no? No, absolutely not. And it's, listen, on paper, like I, I wanted to, I didn't know if that's where you were going with this, but I wanted to bring it up anyway, so I'm glad you did. Like on paper, Joe Schobert's skill set should have paired well with Devin Bush. I The reason it didn't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was more on Devin, if it was more on Joe. Like, for whatever reason, it was, they say a match made in heaven. This was a match made in hell. Those two were horrible on the field together. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and no, I can't, I don't think you can bring him back at that, at that price tag, especially. He would have to be yeah. cut and maybe bring him back cheaper. And, and you just say, like, last year was last year. And, but I'm not, I'm not doing that. I think that he's got, he's like the first guy I'm cutting basically. And then like Zach Banner would probably be next. So we'll see you, Joe. Yeah. I mean, and that's a smart way to make some more room on the cap. They can clear like 11 million more dollars between those two. What it isn't like they can clear like 15 between Schobert Banner and Joe Haig. If they cut all three of them. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I wasn't thinking so about you, you, hey. So I mean, is there like around is there 55 kind of in that million? Mix too? Uh, what, what what use does he have on the Steelers? Like he's <laughs> a he's a solid special teams player. Yeah. But to pay a special teams player three and a half million dollars a year, he, I mean, you signed him as a fullback. You don't use fullbacks in your offense. And I don't know mm-hmm. if they, that even got worse whenever they brought in Canada. Um, but I just don't think you can justify paying you him what you do whenever he only plays special teams really i mean he how how many plays honestly has he really had on offense his actually i want to find out um while you're doing that i just want to say like yeah i'm bringing back miles killebrew as like the special teams ace and i'm cutting Derek watt and i'm probably spending like a day three pick on connor hayward because i think that that takes the role of them having to find a third tight end and also a fullback and let you cut Derek watt so I know that a lot of people probably are like, oh, I'm, you're just you just want Hayward because he's Cam Hayward's brother. I think that there is definitely a role for him in the NFL. He plays special teams like we're talking about Derek Watt doing. He also plays fullback and he's got really solid hands and he's got good footwork for a guy his size. Uh, and I think that he can basically alleviate the need for a third tight end and you can roll with him, Gentry and obviously Pat Fryermuth. So for how many running plays the Steelers have had this past year like how many times Najee would run the ball in a game which or it would be quite a bit sometimes he never had over 14 percent of offensive snaps in a game and in that game Mm -hmm. he had nine snaps okay meanwhile his special teams he's uh that was the Denver game that would have been my guess actually I'm mad that I didn't say that on special teams like like we said he's a great special teams player so he's on special Mm -hmm. teams between like 70 to 75 percent of the time but offensive snaps, I mean, just going down the list, four, zero, seven, two, nine, six, eight, seven, six, two, two, six, five, three, six, three, five, eight. That's last season. There's no reason right. that that guy should be making 30 or three and a half million dollars. So maybe that is another one cut. So it, between, I mean, if you do cut Derek Watt, Joe Haig, Zach Banner, and Joe Schobert, you're getting like around like 18 million ish in more cap. And so you have like between like 57 to 59 million ish or whatever in cap yeah. space. So, I mean, that that's a lot to work with going forward. 
I want to ask you something, and I also want to get the people's responses in the the comments about this. Does, in your opinion, adding Brian Flores to the staff mean anything in terms of like free agents trying to lure them that are familiar with Brian Flores, whether they were guys that were in New England with him or Miami with him or wherever? Because I know that there's like a ton, like people are mentioning Dante Hightower, who you know was in for a visit in 2017. He's a free agent again. A Landon Roberts, who's a he's a plays a lot of special teams. He's a solid downhill linebacker. But like especially guys like J.C. Jackson, a corner who's going to be highly coveted, probably going to get a nice payday. Stephon Gilmore, who also liked a tweet from Joe Hayden about how first class the Steelers organization was. So, yeah, maybe something there as well. You know, we're always looking for these nuggets. You know, I with most coaches, I would probably say no. But with a guy like Brian Flores, I I, I get the vibe from him that of a, like a Mike Tomlin vibe where people just want to play with him. Like people like Mike Tomlin as a coach. Well respected. He's like, He's like, yeah, he's a players. I mean, people call him a players coach, but that doesn't mean like he's it's not he's it's always a bad, a bad coach itself. Yeah. yeah, he he, the people like to play for him, and I I get that sense from Brian Flores. So I think that could be a possibility. Like maybe we do see Stephon Kilmore in a a Steelers jersey. Who knows? But yeah. I I think that even though that he's not like the defensive coordinator, just the fact that he's on the staff that could be, pay dividends in free agency to to people wanting to come in. I do want to say real quick, I know that we already answered our question, but I saw um, as I was going through here, um, Gary actually asked us a question as while we were in the process of recording the show about, okay, so obviously like when Terrell Austin was hired, like the response was, doesn't really matter because Tomlin's calling the defense anyway. So why Mm -hmm. is it that we're so excited about the Flores hire with because Tomlin's calling the defense anyway. I, so like I'll answer this first and it's okay. I, for, I wasn't upset about that. Like, so I'm not probably the person to ask on this because I wasn't that upset about the Terrell Austin hire. I thought it made sense. I like what he's done with the secondary. So I was completely fine with it. I understand that Tomlin calls the shots. My thing is once again, just going back to what he's going to do for the position group. And also, you know, like we're kind of talking right here, like will it have any influence on guys coming into the organization from the outside? whether that's free agents or, you know, maybe even like like Dunbar is getting up there in age, maybe like, you know, a guy that he could bring from his staff because Miami's always had really good defenses mm-hmm. under Flores. So I don't know. I- I'm excited about it just for the fact that like in my mind, I'm thinking if there's going to be anybody, anybody that is going to revitalize Devin Bush's career, I think we just brought him into the organization. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I don't see him as a guy that's going to come in and be like the secret defensive coordinator and he's actually calling the shots even though he's just the linebacker's coach. I I, I was excited about it because of what it meant for possibly helping Devin Bush out and helping mm-hmm. that group in general because of how lacking we got from linebackers last year. We just didn't really get much production from them as a whole. And so I, I think that getting a really solid coach at that position group would be best for the Steelers. That's why I'm excited for it. I don't really think that it's 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 the same thing I just think with the anytime, defensive coordinator position, like the how Mike Tomlin calling the shots. I like I don't think Mike Tomlin's going to be calling the shots on how he preps his linebackers and coaches his linebackers. You know, so so that's why I'm excited about him specifically at that position. I just think too, like anytime you can add a former head coach to his staff, like it, I, it's rarely been a bad thing. I know that like. Maybe for him, he's taken a step back, but maybe at the same time, that's like fueling his fire and he really wants to succeed here to get back into that head coaching rank. I I, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't think that this can be a bad thing. Like, I, I don't see a way that this goes south. Like, mm-hmm. I think that he's a well-respected guy around the league and we just add a guy that's way overqualified 
for a position to a position. So I, I don't think it's a case of like having too many hands in the kitchen. I just think we added another great defensive mind uh, to a staff that, again, the offensive side of the ball does not have. I think on the defensive side of the ball, they're in really good shape when it comes to the coaches they got. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's it's kind of like whenever we have a like too many good players at a position. We we always say it's a good problem to have, but this isn't exactly a good problem. It's just, it's just it's just a good thing that we have all these coaches that are qualified at these positions, and I, I think the defense is going to be probably better than last year with this addition because I'm hoping that it helps out the linebackers. I'm just hoping that the offensive staff can figure it out, figure out something. Because the the defense, it's, it's especially in staff, to be staffing, is going to outshine them. And yeah, it is possible to, that they could be worse. I mean, <laughs> Ben, for as many flaws as he had last year, might have even masked some of the other flaws. Yeah. You know? So so yeah, he still had times where he'd be able to like bring them back in the fourth, like we would see now. Like he was a part of the problem, obviously, with why they were in the hole to begin with. Yeah. But. You know, he, but he, he still had something left in the tank, you know. Yeah. But n- now, without knowing who the quarterback is going to be, uh, even if it is, we know it's going to be Mason Rudolph. I just don't really have much hope for that. And yeah, it could be worse. It could be pretty ugly. Well, we'll find out soon enough. I feel like this offseason is going to fly by, to be honest with you. But so much intrigue to it. And this just added another storyline for us to talk about. Um, yeah. When we come back, we'll wrap up, as we always do, talking about the Pens. Sidney Crosby scoring his 500th goal. It wasn't the only thing that happened this week, but we will talk about that. This is Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. That is Tyler. I am Smitty. And this is a Sidney Crosby jersey that we're giving away because he scored his 500th goal. So comment 87 in the YouTube chat. Again, not like the live premiere chat. That is YouTube scrolling. comments, not chat. Yes. Not live chat. YouTube comments on the comments, video. not chat. I need to make that very clear because I'm not going to go back and look at those. Uh, so the comments section of the video not the live chat during the 2 p.m. premiere on Monday. But 87 in the comments. All right, so let's talk about the Pens. Let's talk about Sidney Crosby scoring his 500th goal. Pretty perfect. His 50th goal against the Flyers, his 150th power play goal, his 500th goal, all comes on the same goal. Evgeny Malkin with the only assist on the goal. Flyers. PPG Paints Arena. It couldn't have been more perfect. The only thing that could have been, I guess, if it was a backhand, maybe. Yeah. But or one-handed. Yeah. Or batted like out that. of the air. One of the <laughs> many ways Sid can score a goal. Yeah, it, it was really poetic of City Crosby's career of how he scored his 500th goal against that team in that arena. Uh, from the guy that he did, it was great. Although going down to one knee, that's also a classic Sid move. Mm, yeah. And when he does that, you know it's going in. So I, I, I don't really think it could have been much better. Um, the reception was amazing. Seeing the team flow over the boards and go celebrate with him, that was awesome. It looked like they just won a freaking playoff game. No, it was just <laughs> Sid scoring his 500th goal. That's how big of a deal it is. He's, what, the 48th or Sixth. something like 46th player to ever do it. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say about it, except it was an amazing moment. 
Um, they celebrated celebrated it a little bit more on the game on Sunday as well. Uh, he got a couple cool things like memorabilia or mementos, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it, this it should have happened a long time ago. Um, because of all the injuries, that was not the case. But Short I'm happy that we could celebrate celebrate it now. And the fact that we even got to see him get to 500 without with the question of whether Sidney Crosby would play hockey again a decade ago. Uh, we're just really blessed to be able to see that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of wild how many, you know, as Pittsburgh sports fans, we always talk about how spoiled we are. But just like watching a Hall of Fame career play out the way that we have, like since he came into the league and was tabbed as like being that guy immediately and just knowing like this guy's a hall of famer as soon as he stepped on the ice we knew it yeah and like for him to live up to those expectations and exceeding those expectations um has been unreal and like you said like just the scene you know for everybody and that just goes to show how well respected he is for as great of a player as he is he's a hall of fame player first ballot obviously um he's an even better teammate in person and he just exemplifies everything that's that's right about sports and everybody that's ever come across him will agree with that. The only people that ever have anything bad to say are just salty fans of other teams that deep down really struggle to actually find something to hate the guy for other than just the success that he's had uh, against whatever team it is that they root for. So nobody is a better, you know, baton holder for the NHL. Um, and he's and he's holding on to that thing still is as much as Connor McDavid's trying to pry it away from him. Yeah. And what sucks is that even though they won the game as much as uh, we wanted that to be a blowout, Casey DeSmith was really trying to let Sid <laughs> lose that game. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of like fire drill. It looked like a fire drill a lot of the time in the defensive end. Like they were not good in front of him. But yeah. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like just constantly coming out of the net and trying to play pucks, but not actually able to play the puck. Just like it looked like he, he was just all over the map. So what like what we were talking about before his last couple starts because we, we thought he had been doing pretty well over his last like two or three starts um mm-hmm. but then this game against the flyers this past week it, he just kind of reverted back to what he had been before that and just like kind of the el- underwhelming like kind of keeping them a little bit out of the game himself but the ma- the pens managed to crawl back and win that game um scoring it Two goals in the third period, like what, twenty seconds apart or something. Chad like Ruedel, not even. Yeah, Chad Ruedel, who <laughs> actually got a two-year extension. So good yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Pens did come back and win that game. Chris Letang gets the OT winner, where he kind of before Matt Stafford threw a no-look pass during the Super Bowl on Sunday. Chris Letang had a no-look goal as he kind of looks off Crosby and decides to fire at five one. Carter Hart and beats him, um, but. Yeah, I mean, other than that, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows this week for the Pens. Nope. They got smacked up in Toronto. They put up 46 shots, but it, it didn't feel that way, if you know what I mean. Like, if you just look at the box store of the game, you're like, yeah, you know, the Pens didn't really play bad. They just got goaltended by Jack Campbell, but they had a season high 14 turnovers in that game. I thought that the worst players on the ice were their best players and Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang comp- and company. Um, Sid had like four it, turnovers himself. Yeah, just just not a good night up in Toronto. And that's something that, you know, you can kind of just brush away, say it wasn't their day, move on. Then Sunday comes around against the Hurricanes and 
the Hurricanes get off to a, a pretty quick start against them. Uh, the Pens stayed with them for a little bit, but Carolina was definitely the better team in the first period. Second period starts nine seconds in. Jordan Stahl scores his fourth goal of the season. Uh, doesn't do much of that these days. He's primarily there for his defense. He shuts down top units, and that's why Sullivan was kind of keeping Sid away from him. Um, but the Pens did come back. They had momentum. I thought they were the better team in the second period overall. Third period starts. Guess what happens nine seconds in? Carolina scores again. Yes. Um, I, I got to say, I haven't really seen that. Two goals, like less than 10 seconds into each period. Yeah. And, and imagine Mike Sullivan, you know, has as intense of a head coach Fuming. as he is and as detail oriented of a coach as he is, you know, having that happen twice in the same game. I can't imagine what the conversations were like in the locker room, um, not just between the second and third period, but also following the game. But, um, you know, they did try to fight back. They can have a chance at the end there to tie it, but they don't. And Carolina moves into first place in the division. Where do we like view that? This was actually a question that came in, too. And but obviously we didn't answer it. Then we can kind of touch on it here. Like, where do we view the pens in terms of like that upper echelon of teams? Because I don't think that like this performance and that in Toronto is also a really good team. Like that doesn't make me really question the pens as a whole. But watching them play these upper echelon teams like. I'm not going to say there's times where they, they look like they don't belong on the ice or in a different league or anything like that, but it's just they're They've definitely had play carried against them playing these teams that are in the upper mm-hmm. echelon of the Eastern conference. I would say that the pens, if, if you want to put like tears, Florida, Carolina, Tampa, like all those teams, like right at the very top, the pens are right below that. And they're not, quite in the same tier just because of the inconsistency of play like we saw this week do you think they're with like the rangers maybe like i would say rangers capitals i mean honestly even though they got outplayed i don't think the maple leaves are in a different class than the penguins i think that they're probably pretty similar i I just think you're probably looking at like the couple at the very top i think like the, the the maple leafs the bruins rangers capitals they're all in the same with the penguins i i just think that with the Penguins specifically, though, it's because of the inconsistency of the play that we have seen. Uh, at times, they look completely dominant, but it's for too short of the game. They, they need to have entire games like that and not just one period or not just 10 minutes of play. I, I think that because of that, that's why I'm holding them out. Um, I think they could be and maybe they will be once they get like people healthy and they figure out their lineup situation. But... I think that as of right now, they're still a really good team like we've seen. Like just because they had two like poor games, I'm not gonna say that like, oh, they suck now. I just think that they're like right behind those couple of teams, like the Florida and the Carolina. I mean, Carolina is a really good team. Florida's a really good team. I mean, arguably yeah. those are like the best teams in the NHL. So I, I, it's not like a bad thing to be right behind them either. Yeah, I think that they're a top five team in the East still, and I think that they're probably a top like seven team overall because it's like you look at the West, it's Colorado, and then it's I don't even know who the second best team is out there. Colorado and like, a bunch of fans. Yeah, they got 12 points on the second best team right now in the West. So it's they're winning the West. Um, but you look at the East and how you know that could play out. It's very interesting. We we feel like we know who the playoff teams are gonna be, but how does it shake out in terms of matchups? I I get a lot of like, and I know I think it might have been Hunter Hodes that put this out there. Like Carolina's team this year feels a lot like the 2016 Penguins team. I think yeah. that they're like that good. I, I mean, it would be fun yeah. to watch a Penn's Canes seven game series, but playing them would scare the hell out of me. 
Yeah, I, I think that the only adv- advantage in that scenario, or at least relating it to the 2016 Penguins, is that the 2016 Penguins, I think, just caught everybody off guard by how fast they were. Mm-hmm. Now that's just today's game. So at least the Penguins have that, but I don't really know if I, I call just, it an advantage. I just, I, I, th- I think, yeah, like the style of play is very similar. I looked at their speed game, which I know that you're saying like everybody's getting fast, but they still, they look like they're even like a step above that. And just the way oh, that yeah. they insulate the goaltender as well. You know, they keep everything to the, the perimeter. You really don't get shots from that slot. Like the mm-hmm. pe- the fact that the Penguins had a couple breakaways today and in decent looks, was an anomaly. They don't give up those types of chances. So if the Penguins would have cashed in, they could have very well stolen two points in a game that they had no business winning. Like I said, they only lost this game by one goal, uh, even though the Penguins were outclassed for most of the game in pretty every in pretty much every facet by the Hurricanes. So, yeah, I, I think that you're I'm right there with you, though. I think Carolina, Tampa and Florida are probably like along with Colorado for including the West are like the top right. four. And then I think you start having a conversation about who's behind those guys, but the Penguins are, are definitely right there. Um, one guy, it was nice to see happen in Sunday's game, even though it was a losing effort. Evan Rodriguez gets off the schneid. He was stuck on 15 goals since like 2010. Yeah. I had to take like- off my glasses. I'm like, oh my <laughs> goodness. Is that Evan Rodriguez? I haven't scored in forever. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was great. I mean, it, like you say, it was a losing effort, but in, it was like six on four, I think, at that power point. Power play, yeah, six on four yeah. power play. So, but, but still, the fact that he finally got one in, maybe this will open up the floodgates for him. Maybe he just needed that one because it was his first goal in, what, 19 or 20 games or something like that. It yeah, was a long yeah. time. I don't think he's scored since. Has he scored in 2022? Oh, he had, he had to have. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. But I, I think that it's it's at least good to see him get on the board. He scored um, uh, January sixth against Philly for sure. That's as far back as this will go. So okay, so maybe that was his last. But it's goal. been I mean, it's definitely games. been well over a month. It's been about yeah. six weeks since his last goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ho- hopefully this uh, pays out and he starts to get on the board a little bit more, and maybe that'll maybe that'll flow throughout the team itself. Maybe Casper Kapanen can get some of that. I don't know. Doubt it. Um, <laughs> Another thing I want to bring up with the pens, though, I don't know that like we thought that we know how important this guy is. And I know that I just mentioned earlier, like I would have protected Jared McCann over him. I don't Mm -hmm. know that we realized how big of a loss Teddy Bluter would be when he went down. Like we knew it would be a big loss, especially like for penalty killing and defense. Mm -hmm. But you look at just like and maybe it is coincidental. We'll see when he comes back. But he goes out and the bottom six just decides no one's scoring anymore. It's it's all yep. on that top line, in the power. And what's really line. funny is that we're having a serious conversation about this now. We were joking about this like three weeks ago, but like, was Teddy Bluger seriously driving the offense of the bottom six? Well, yeah, and, maybe he was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it's more about not necessarily just him, but like what it does for the lineup combinations because you know that he'll play with Brock McGinn and Zach Aston. I shouldn't say we know because they've moved McGinn up to like top six role at times, but assuming that those three are just reunited when they're healthy, it changes the the way that you would construct the lineup. And maybe that's the reason it just gives you more, more depth and allows you to do different things with the lineup. But it just, it's odd that yeah. And for his line specifically, I, I think that good defense is what drives good offense as well. And so for him, and if it's McGinn and Zach Aston Reese, 
I think that having that line together and driving that that good defense and really responsible hockey in your own zone is what springs that offense for them. So maybe it does the offense more of a- for everybody besides Zach Aston Reese. <laughs> yeah. Hundredth percentile in defense <laughs> last season. Though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so maybe it does spring that that offense forward. Um, hopefully he comes back soon. I how how close are we? I mean, it's been a while. I think he's been on. The the, the, I mean, he's been on the ice skating and stuff with uh, Ty Hennis and stuff. Uh, I think that we're probably looking at. De- he's definitely want to get in some practices that are contact, but like the fact that it's his job, you know, it's not like a a lower body thing where you got to see how he responds to skating and stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. I would say within the next couple of weeks. I like I said, I think he's definitely back before the deadline. Um but me me, the fat guy sitting on the couch, dude, you're a hockey player. Just suck it up. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just it's tough. There is a precedent there yeah. to go based off of, you know, guys returning from that injury, but yeah, I don't know, but it, it's I think it's the understatement of the year to say that they've missed him. Um you know, even the penalty kills taking a little bit of a step back, and maybe that's just the competition they've played recently. I don't know. If Teddy Booger's uh, playing. Does, does Sebastian Ajo score that goal? We'll never know. True. We will never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't know that I have anything else. We could, you just want to keep talking about Kasperi Kapanen? I'm kidding, by the way. No, I don't. <laughs> honestly, I don't want to keep talking about him, but, but we have to because of how bad he's been. But we can leave yeah. that for next week when we bring him up. You know what? We know we're I'm going gonna go to. Out, I'm gonna go out on a limb. He's gonna score a goal the next, but before the next time that we have a conversation on here. Well, the next time that he oh can wait, no, they have a short. Goal. Oh wait, I don't know if I should say that. I don't think they they have a short. They only have. They've got three games this week. Um, so they play the Devils on Thursday. They play the Rangers on Saturday, and they play the Blue Jackets. Oh yeah, they do still have on three. Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking it was only this two. Is like the, they didn't this play is like Thursday. five out of six weeks that we've had a Sunday game. Yeah. It's like five out of the last six weeks. And Sunday, crazy. Sundays, like you said, is is later though too. It's a weird time. Yeah, 6 p.m. four o'clock. Well, um, four for you. Yeah, sorry. Oh, four for me. Yeah, I'm in Utah, <laughs> folks. Um, but yeah. So, may, do you think he call your shot? Which games he scoring in? The Rangers Saturday afternoon. All right, sounds good. So don't expect, does it. expect to still see everybody complaining, including me, against the Devils on Thursday. But he's 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 gonna he's gonna score those those uh, extra twenty four goals for you to get the goal lead <laughs> by the end of the season, dude. When he there was a point today, I don't know if you heard it, that he was getting booed after he turned the puck over. He did his normal like cross the line and curled back, and then he made a pass to nobody turns the puck over and you could actually I, hear some booze really quickly. I don't get why he does that. Like you have so much speed. Why do you curl back like that? Just skate in and take a shot. I don't care yeah. if it goes in or not. I'd rather see that than you he's just, just stop. There's no, he's got no confidence right now. That's the biggest thing in my opinion. <sighs> yeah. Well, no one has confidence in him either. So I guess it makes sense. Um, Yeah. Hopefully he does score against the Rangers. We'll see. Um. But yeah, other than that, like I said, put 87 in the comments, not the live chat. I can't make that more clear to you guys. But one last time, wanted to say that. Let us know in the comments as well anything throughout the show that you guys want to chime in on. We'll definitely be in the comments with you guys uh, talking with you throughout. So just let us know any topics that you want to chime in on. Let your opinion be heard. Uh, This goes for everybody listening on like Spotify and Apple or wherever you listen as well. Go over to the comments or go over to the video. 
Comment 87. You get a chance as well. You don't have to only watch on YouTube. And if you want to get a question into us for us to use on the next episode, you can put that in the comments as well. You can tweet it at us. Our emails there. If you also want to email us for some reason, I don't know. Uh, DM. However, whatever means, we'll definitely check it. So get at us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Be sure to subscribe to the DK Pittsburgh Sports YouTube channel. Leave us a like. Be, be here at 2 p.m. every single day of the week for the live premiere of all the shows. Check out DK's Daily Shots, all that good stuff. It's all right here. You don't need anywhere else for your Pittsburgh sports content. Other than that, we will see you guys a week from today for Tyler, for Smitty. This is around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Oh.